Oh, hello. It's Tom Kradza. And on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, we bring on our chiropractor, actually my chiropractor. Nick hasn't uh, doesn't go to see him regularly, but I do. My whole family does. Dr. Pete I always, I always want to say Angarelli, but it's Angarelli. Um, so Dr. Pete is on here and we're talking about all things related to chiropractic, our spines, how he's been able to help me over the years. Nick has a lot of questions for him because Nick does a lot of heavy lifting. So we end up talking about just our spines and the pressure you put on it, low back pain, mid back pain, upper back pain, all the things to do with the back. But then we also get into just the, um, I guess, how muscles work in our body, how they how they tighten up, how tendons work in the body. Do tendons really kind of actually shorten what we need to be aware in these situations? Um, and it, I, I credit Dr. Pete with really being able to keep me going at the gym and doing what I do there. So just really want to thank him. Always love sitting down with him and talking with him. He is Dr. Pete. And before we get started, I want to share that if you are listening to this and you want a copy of one of the books about real estate investing that we have available for free, the URL to go to on the website is www.rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. And there you can get four different books for us from free. Um, the, the three most popular of the four books um, are Income for Life for Canadians that has been downloaded tens of thousands of times. There's a Your Life, Your Terms book where every chapter is written by a different Canadian real estate investor locally that we've helped and they share their story. You can get that there as well. And the reason that's very valuable is you just hear other people's adventures and journeys and why they decided to go into real estate and their opinions of it. And then there's a third book, The Real Estate Investing Blueprint, which is, I think, some of our more meaty content, which is all about rental properties and student rental properties and how you manage different properties. We took a lot of content that we've put together over the years and assembled it into that book. They're all available for free on the website. It's our way to try and give good value to see if we can build some trust with you. And then perhaps if you go ahead and want to get into real estate yourself, perhaps you'll reach out to us. That's the whole idea about giving away these books. They're all available for free at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. That's it for now. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. We, we are live again, part two, uh, with Dr. Pete Angarilli. 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 Doesn't matter. Everyone gives me a hard time. You said listening. anger. I, he yeah. almost put the anger I, I in there. I like the Angarilli. No, you probably like the anger. I, I thought it was anger. Yeah, I did think it was anger. What am I saying? By the All way, right. Nick, you can hear me okay? Just well, loud sure. Yeah, perfectly. Listen, Dr. Pete's never been in this office. We have to be very organized and sophisticated here. This is his first time sitting it's down for a podcast in the new it's office. It's beautiful. It's very nice. Yeah, thank you. But let's get to the heart of the matter. The Bills oh. are five and two, and you're representing with the Bills shirt. And Nadim Ahmed, when he saw the Bills shirt, so Nadim is a rock star coach here, and he jumped up and down cheering when he saw this thing. How excited are you about this season? I'm or are you less excited. so because KC um, just destroyed them? Yeah, so we had some setbacks the last... Uh, Pull the mic closer a little bit. Okay, a couple of setbacks. Um, I'm still excited, but uh, we have some tests coming up. So we, it's kind of... I don't want to say it's the same as being a Leaf fan because it's not exactly. But sometimes you think you're going to be... Well, how is it not exactly? It's almost worse, no? It's, because the Bills went in. <laughs> no, seriously, the Bills got to the finals. How many well, years in a row no, was that's, that? That's no, but that ancient was, history. No, no, not, no, no, we can't no, go no, back you there. You said it's not It's not quite as bad as that was what you implied. The The Bills got to the Super Bowl three or four times. Four times. Four yeah. times. Yeah, and they lost. But that's, even. Again, you know what? I was ready to make era. fun of them. But then when I heard four times, I just felt sad. Yeah, wow. Any Bills fans, it doesn't matter when they get their hopes up. So I just laugh. I'm like, yeah, good luck with no, that. But, but let me get this straight. When was the field? Was it the first one where what's Nor? Nor was it the first one? Yeah, it was Norwood. We probably should have won that one. Was because he Canadian Norwood? No, no. Oh, okay. Their next tech kicker, Steve Christie, I think he's was from Canadian. Oakville. Yeah, that's how he's I remember Canadian. him too. Yeah. Okay. Then after that, they just got destroyed. Like it was pure destruction. Do you remember when Thurman <laughs> Thomas couldn't find his helmet that one year? I remember yeah. it all. I'm trying to forget it. Yeah. And why are we talking about it? Well, because you we brought up the Leafs. Josh Allen. No, you brought up the Leafs. But yeah, yeah. So, jo Josh Allen seems like the real deal. Because when, he, I don't know, three or four games ago of this season, when he stiff armed some linebacker, is a yeah. linebacker a guy on defense? Yes. That's how much I know. Linebacker. Yeah, that was <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Did you see when he stiff armed him? And I he did. ran right over yeah. him? Yeah. 
Yeah. Who is this QB? That's when Guys. I started to like the guy. Yeah, okay. And then he face masked later the same game or the next week. I forget. He face masked I think it was the next week, yeah. Took a 15-yard yeah. penalty, I think, right at the end of you've the been, game. You've been watching the Bills, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, Paying no, attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're a fan. I like them now. Okay, I'm, on the I'm on All the bandwagon. I'm on the bandwagon. Yeah, I don't COVID, know, COVID, every sounds shut down. Tom's got nothing else to do. He's got, to, he's forced to watch the Bills. Yeah. It comes to that. Okay. Yeah, I, okay. you know what? And I, they're local. They're close. You know, I've been. We to would have went to some games this year, but not going to happen. But uh, next year, we'll yeah, have to go down. Yeah, are they? Yeah. They don't have any fans there because I know some places have like five thousand or eight thousand yeah. fans. They don't have any. None in uh, New York State right no. now. So I don't know if that's going to change anytime soon. I doubt either, it with so. that governor. He's not going to change Probably anything not. anytime soon. Right. Stay home, save lives, Doctor Pete. Um, uh, okay. No comment on that. <laughs> yeah, no further comment on that. But uh, the, the tailgating is still going strong. Cause I, the last time I was at a tailgating party there, I think Nick and I would have probably been in our 20s. I feel like I was running down the street looking for somebody because there was so much traffic getting into the tailgating kind of parking lot yeah. there. And then weren't you already there? I was there with friends. friends. It, was, I it, just was, it was a complete disaster. I had no yeah. idea how chaotic it was. I thought this is not for a family environment. Like no. I saw fist fights breaking out like in the stands. I saw someone chug a bottle of Jägermeister. The whole oh, bottle. Yeah. And I'm like, how yeah. is that going to feel in about 20 minutes? What? Like the whole <laughs> bottle. Yeah. I was impressed. He I was like, that's stomach, impressed. Yeah. He got a stomach pump yeah. later that day for sure. You're talking, this was a while ago? This was, yeah, oh this yeah. Was, this was like 20, 10, 15 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think they made an effort like in the stadium to clean, <laughs> clean some of that stuff up. So I think it's like, I've taken my kids there. I took Chris when he was six. Okay. Um, and it was six. It's more normal. <laughs> um, It's not completely normal. It wasn't because we ran into, uh, they were playing the Tennessee Titans. In the bathroom, we ran these drunk Tennessee fans, and they're like talking to a six-year-old. It was not not Smack great. Smack talking, but it wasn't the Bills fans. It was the Tennessee. One fans. of Tom's friends attacked the mascot. Do you remember that? He I have no the, recollection yeah. of oh, what no. you're the mascot about. No, no, in the no. aisle, tried this to rip his head off. This is, no, this is. You know, I'm we'll no have to get you back there and give you a more normal experience because there are the most of the tailgates now. I shouldn't say that most of the tailgates are are calm. I don't really know that for a fact, but some of them are not. But it's a it can be a fun environment depending on where you go and. I remember so. a fist fight behind me and then to Nick's story about the mascot, the mascot was, uh, we were behind the end zone and the mascot kind of jumped into the first row a little bit and they didn't know some of my friends and some oh, of my no. friends grabbed the guy. <laughs> and I shouldn't laugh at this. Ripped his head off. I guess that's a big no-no in the mascot world, right? I so he was fighting so. to keep his mask on. I think he ended up getting it back on and they let him go. But I just remember thinking, this is absolutely chaos. Like, I don't know if I can, you know, come here again. This is this is too much. Like, it's a lot of fun. It's an experience, yeah. A, it was, it, but if you, if they've cleaned it up, then maybe it's I don't. Fun. I don't want to say completely, but it's, it's more, and I think it's more fun when the team is good. When you're there and they're by halftime, the team is getting blown out or something. People tend to, their moods tend to go downhill and it's not as fun, but I think. And this like, year they have a team because now the defense seems strong. Like, I don't, who's the guy on defense? Is it Edmonds? Edmonds is one of their he's better, a, he, yeah. He's just a monster back there. Yep. And the quarterback seems good. I, I know they have some wide receivers. Stephon like, I don't Diggs. follow it. Okay, yeah, yeah, that Diggs guy. Yeah, they traded for him. Are you guys really having this conversation? Like, no, this, I'm into this, it. This, some of the listeners are, are really but they're NFL not even, fans. But they're no, not even a, close. Like, this isn't yeah. even, you're not even talking about a top-tier team still. Well, know? they're 5-2. <laughs> they're 5-2. and two. Uh, Talk to me about the end of the season when they're when they're. So uh, what do you think they're uh, going to be? 5-11. Now you've just, just <laughs> insulted Dr. P. So what no, are I, they going to finish? Yeah, you're a Bills fan. Of course you're used to it. I'm definitely What are they going to finish? They're 5-2. and What is your prediction? What Oh, my gosh. Are they going to make the playoffs? Yeah. Yes. Okay, and what yes. will the record be at the end of the season? Oof. Throw it out. Okay, there. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 11 and five, optimistically. That's what I'm gonna go with. Okay. okay. They were 10 and six last year, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna say 11 and five. They have some tough games coming coming up, but we will see. Yeah, I feel It'll like they had a bunch of tough games already. I don't know. Uh, they played KC, who's last year's Super Bowl champs, and they look fantastic. Yeah, but even before that, who who are the where are the Chargers now? Is that LA? They haven't played the Chargers yet. They played them coming up. No, but who, Tennessee Titans. Titans, but it was before that. I thought they played. Oh, Rams, Rams. Yeah, was it the Rams? Yeah. I'm thinking they beat it's the, the LA Rams. Rams now. Yep. See how little yep. I follow in the NFL. You you know you know a fair amount though. You're coming decent. Along. Sunday afternoons, I have other things to do except watch that stuff. But uh, I hear you. Okay, and then okay. Uh, the reason I want to talk to you today is uh, I did some heavy, for me, heavy back squats. I'm back up to like 275. I, I did 275 for two. And for someone listening to this is going to laugh at that. But when after COVID, I was coming out doing back squats. And I think Nick showed up one time and saw, I think it was me and Mike, and we were back squatting 185 pounds or something. And you were just disgusted. Nick was like, forget it. If that's what you guys are lifting, I'm out of here. But I'm up to 275 pounds again. And I think it felt really good. 
So I'm going to, you know, keep kind of inching forward as far as just follow the programming. When you hear somebody doing heavy back squats, what are you thinking is happening to my spine in that moment? Because I felt pretty good. Like I feel all the adjustments you give me. I feel like my spine's pretty good. But when you hear someone doing that, what's happening to what is, is, is it some kind of compression at the top of my spine holding the bar? What, what, what is happening that I should be careful of there? Yeah, well, it depends on the person doing them in their form. That was, I would say that first off, right? Because if you look at people doing them, you know, what's their stance like? Where are they? Where's the bar exactly on their back? Some it's lower, some it's higher. Certainly, because I did them for years and like probably 20 years I did. That was like one of the main workouts I did and I love doing them. I don't really do them anymore. But they produced a lot of compression on my upper back, upper thoracic spine. The weight of having a bar with like 270, 300 pounds sitting on there and you're kind of trying to stabilize it, right? So when you're doing something like a squat, you're really, you're trying to lock in your upper body so it's not moving, right? And then you want to be driving from your hips and, and quads and so forth. So you can definitely get a lot of pressure onto the upper part of the spine. And then, of course, into the lower back as well, depending on how well your spine is moving or your, your SI joints, your hips are moving. So... Um, you know, they're a great exercise, um, especially for, you know, to build mass for athletes to play things like football and, um, you know, are they a great exercise for a 47 year old? Again, for you, they're okay. But, um, so I had a, I had a new patient this morning. I was at the office. Um, the guy's in his fifties. He does go to the gym. I don't know if he does squats, but, um, his, his back is in really rough shape. So his low back moves really poorly. It's basically locked up. So if he's putting a lot of pressure through his spine and his spine can't move properly, that's kind of a recipe for injury. But aren't they still a great like? Aren't they still a great exercise, just with less or no weight? Again, depend. Sure, yeah. I mean, depending on uh, what you want to do. So as far as a, I could say like a functional exercise, like getting down and picking stuff up, they they would be great for anybody. To your point, yeah, you don't need to use weight. You can do body weight and get something out of it. Um, that's absolutely. my thing because I think even as you get older I think part of the problem and I, I don't know this stuff right this is just all what from observation and personal kind of experimentation but it's part of the problem is not being able to get in natural positions that us as humans are supposed to get into so like we should all be able to sit in a squat I don't care if you're 80 years old you should be able to sit in a squat there's lots of 80 year olds all around the world that can now in North America with our society and we sit in offices all day and that's why my shoulders and upper back are in a certain a certain state it, it, you know, we, it's detrimental to us, the lifestyle we live, but shouldn't that be like something that we're able to do? And I realize the body gets beat down. So you're not going to sit in a squat with 300 pounds on your back, but right. being able to get closer to that point, isn't that something that even if you have like a bad back that you want to strive towards, if you're, even if you're 50, you have a long life to live, you should lengthen your muscles and strengthen your back slowly to be able to do that sort of movement. hundred percent. I could, I completely agree. You want to stay functional as much of your life as possible. We've talked about that before. What I would just add to your to what you're saying, Nick, is so strengthening, doing an exercise like squats is one aspect of it. Um, but if, if we also want to be able to be able to do the squat itself, which is to have sufficient hip, low back, mid back, neck functionality that you can do a squat properly, successfully without have, getting injured. Course, so yeah. I guess that's the only piece that might be missing is for a lot of people they're kind of again you know it's with you guys what you do right you're giving people information about real estate investing you know um a lot of it to do with what is going to be down the road for them right so their life is going to be good 20 years from now 30 years from now their kids legacy and so i think with um that's what i'm trying to do with with uh by coming on here and and, you know doing the stuff that i put together is get people thinking about okay well i do like going to the gym i do like playing golf what are the prerequisites i need to get or maintain so I can play golf when I'm 70 or still go to the gym when I'm 75 if I want to and do squats. Yeah, maybe not with 300 pounds, but with 50 pounds or body weight. Yeah, that, so, yeah that's all I'm talking absolutely. about. Absolutely, I body weight Getting into the position, right? Yeah. What about it, golf? Is golf the nat- the golf's always freaked me out because I, I'm not a big golfer, so I don't know. So I have the no, none of the self-experimentation, but that movement of twisting your body and torquing your body like that. So whereas squats and other weightlifting stuff is very linear, that is not, and it seems to me that it's less of a natural movement. And again, this is, I have no idea, but it seems like that movement itself is almost more stressful on the body than some, or even the spine, like the torquing of it, than some linear movements. Yeah, is you're that pro- right? Or? I think that's correct. Um, and remember, we want to talk about um, repetitions too, because yeah, for an average golfer, 
if they're doing that a, a, a forceful times. twisting motion well by the time they're maybe if they're like really into it by the time they're 30 or if they're a pro they've done it millions of times so that's a lot of stress and strain on low back hips shoulders um probably most sports probably are not natural in that you know because of um how many how much people do of them and how many reps they do and athletes are pushing their body to the limit and we're trying and you know they're, we're trying to support that but um to your point too about the linear movements and that's how i was brought up in weightlifting was slow have really good form um have everything stable and that's you know that's that was the school of thought at the time but what we're learning now is that if we get too locked into ways of doing thing, we actually, we're only good in that range. And a lot of life is, you know, when you're raking leaves or, I mean, I'm trying to think, sure. running after but your puppy, more, you're not necessarily, dynamic. it's a little more dynamic. Picking so up crap off the ground uh, after your puppy. That's you what it puppy, is. Yeah. Yeah. This morning, yeah. every morning I pick up crap now. That's your that's new my job. That's my life. Yeah. yeah, well. That's apparently my life up on it. my terms <laughs> right there. <laughs> it's only for the next tower, you know, 20 yeah. years. Oh, geez. However long I'm All right. So, yeah, so I think there's, again, this is not exactly my specialty, but a lot of the high-end training now is teaching people to have um, strength and uh, be able to control their body in different um, planes of movement, not as linear. Because, yeah, growing up playing football, you do squats, and that's going to help you push someone harder. And it is kind of true, but if I was training now or even with Chris playing soccer, I'm giving him exercises that are a lot more dynamic and and in different ranges that are specific to a soccer player, which are – well, your leg is going to be, your hip can be in a crazy position when you're receiving a pass, right? And doing a squat, you, you do build up some strength, but it doesn't completely translate to something like soccer. So the, the new school of thought on that is trying to get people training in more different ranges of motion, but specific to their sport or activity. Yeah, got it. It makes a lot of sense. Even when some of the CrossFit stuff that I do, these mini CrossFit, not real cross, like little exercise I do, I can see how it's very linear or up and down and it's not really dynamic. Like yep. when I was starting to do that and then going to play men's league soccer, you could see how some of it would translate, but not all of it. Right. Because when you're cutting left or right or you're twisting this way, you're not. Well, I guess if you're doing some medicine ball stuff, you're kind of twisting. Yeah, yeah it's just yeah. hockey. Like if I if you went to play hockey today and you haven't skated in however long. The, that movement on your legs, no matter how much you've squatted, it's a it's a different pushing yeah. motion. You're going to be sore the next day. Yeah, totally. like your groin especially is going to be uncomfortable. When you talked about the upper back, how come I don't get this anymore? And I and you know I'm going to credit you to that and a lot of stuff I've been through with you. My lower back no longer gets all jammed up when I'm doing squats. Um, what was happening there? Why is my lower back just because of the compression down the spine? Yeah, so I mean, if we if you want to talk, that used talk, to be a regular thing. Like yeah, it would be my lower back more than my upper back would on a heavy squat for me. That would feel like oh, that's all tight. So at the bottom of the spine, for if we want to use you as an example, um, at the base of the spine are the SI joints. People will sometimes call it the hips, but the back of the at the back of the spine, um, for you for you, yours were really locked up and not moving properly. So when you are getting down into a squat and the SI joints can't move properly, that actually puts more force, was probably putting more force through your lower back um, discs okay, and joints. Because it can't move, it's it's taking other bone structure out of place. Yeah, exactly. It. Things. Ha- so when something in the body, if you have like a chain of joints or something, if one segment or two segments don't move and you're still going to force your body to move, above and below have to compensate or move more to allow a movement to happen. So... You want to have like every sort of every joint in the body, spine joint, hip joint has a like sort of a normal range that should be able to do um, for day to day movements and certainly for workouts. So what, what tends to happen is as we especially after we stop growing. So into our 20s, we will have areas of you know, spine or shoulders or hips that we lose parts of our range of motion. And that tends to get worse as age, not as we age, not because of age per se, but because the longer you leave something not moving it tends to stiffen and there are actual like mechanical changes to ligaments, to muscles, um, to discs that make, uh, make it a a structural issue, which then is going to take time to change. If I go, if I just go to the gym when I'm 40, which is what I did and I start lifting or doing back, uh, back squats, I might not have that range of motion. So you might not have. Yeah. Okay. So then one other question, when I first started going and doing this stuff, but within about six months, I kind of, I would call it throwing it up my, throwing up my back. I don't know the technical term for it, but I went to pick up an umbrella at the side of a soccer field, watching my son's game. So this would be later in the day. And I went to pick it up and boom, I could barely stand up. Right. What? So that would be, that's within six months of me doing nothing and then doing back squats. What happened there? 
Why Sorry, couldn't, my, I, I couldn't stand up. Like my back was like locked and I could barely. You're saying of, you, this is when you started doing back squats that yeah, this happened? Yeah. Yeah. Six months in to doing back squats. So I hadn't yeah. gone to the gym until I was 40 years old. Oh, okay. I, I see what you're saying. And right, then right, right. Six yeah. months into that, yeah. I was at the side of my son's soccer uh, game. And I, when we were leaving, I went to yeah. pick up an umbrella. And just that one pound weight or two pound weight was an, or that motion was enough to lock me up. And I was in pain. I could barely right. walk back to the car. What, what is happening there? So probably again, sort of what we were describing is that like, you know, you start, you go to the, like people, well, first of all, if we look at, you know, how do we know if somebody's is healthy or from like a musculoskeletal standpoint, how do we know if someone's body is working correctly? And the average person might just think, well, I feel okay. I don't really have any pain. And so I'm good to go and, and go to the gym, but they might start doing, what are the common ones? Squats, deadlifts, um, overhead presses that, uh, for instance, if their shoulder cannot um, extend or flex properly fully, and you're going to do an overhead press, then well, the, dar- the barbell or dumbbell is going to be out here. So then I have to go back here, which is bending my low back. So things start to compensate. So you go to the gym, you're trying to do the right thing, get in shape. Your body starts making these compensations and a workout is a stress on the body. Think of it that way, right? People think it's a workout. What is it? Well, you're stressing tissues with the hope that they can recover and get stronger. But those st- the stress of those workouts probably was putting stress on tissues increasingly in places where it shouldn't happen and then you're kind of your tissues are are kind of ripe for you just do a little twist or a little i hear it like i've heard it so many thousands of times right people are injuring themselves not necessarily picking up a 200 pound box or something but going to pick up like you said an so, umbrella so what or something. happened there but isn't I that might... just mu- isn't it just muscle tightness what like okay so specific, this like, didn't feel like it no i know but often people don't feel like it they think they've hurt their back and their lower back is very tight up here but what's causing the lower back is either hamstring or glute tightness i'm not saying this is all the time but often it's a muscle tightness thing and to make your lower back feel better i think you've even had this before if you work on your hamstring a little bit you get a lacrosse ball and dig in there your lower back starts easing totally. up because so that's but, but that, this was a different feeling like i know what you're talking about but this was like I could not stand up again straight. Like I, that range of motion yeah. was beyond tightness. So what the injury itself probably was, when you get an injury like that, usually what is it is is a joint sprain. So if it's a low back or SI joint, the joint moves too much, and immediately there's some like tearing of fibers, inflammation starts, nerves get irritated. And when the joint, um, when the nerves in a joint get irritated, they make the surrounding muscles go into a tightness or a spasm. So to your point, Nick, a lot of people, again, sort of old school way of thinking as well, do I have, a, I have tight muscles or I have a, a muscle problem or I've broken a bone? What we are understanding more now is that all of these tissues are really interlinked and interrelated. So it's never really just one thing. But um, if your joints aren't moving properly, they strain, the nerves get irritated, that makes the muscles okay, get and tight. Then if it starts a if cycle, If your hamstrings basically. are tight, then on top of it, the hamstrings pulling to your point, Nick. It's all, it's all happening together. And, and to, on a, on a body wide level, right. We can have, um, like tighten Like, so if a, if a disc in the low back, you know, people have heard of like, um, lumbar disc problems, right. Disc degeneration. So if their L4, L5 disc is worn down, they may have some, uh, you know, instability or even extra stiffness in that area. And that's a local mechanical phenomenon, but on a body wide scale, what is it that controls our day-to-day muscular tension or lack th- or lack thereof? Do you know what that is? If I asked you that nervous question, nervous system. Nervous system, yeah. So brain. I feel like I was just in school there. Yeah, yeah you did nervous it. Yeah. system. So neurological tightness or tension is something because because if you think about it, like what are things that can change how we feel on a very um, very quickly? You can have people. What do people often do when they go home and they're tense? What is one of their coping mechanisms? That Alcohol. Have? Yeah. Why? Yeah. You have a glass of wine and then now you feel relaxed. Well, why? Because the brain is the central nervous system depressant and those nerves that are making you tight because you're thinking about a stressful work meeting you had, well, you just had some wine and those that nerve activity slows down and then your muscles relax. Of course, it comes back the next day. But so the nervous system, but you could you could meditate maybe and that might relax your nervous system. You could go for a, a, an easy walk in the could forest. Eat some THC gummies. Yeah. Uh, you, you could do you that. Could do yeah, so you could now. be like Nick. You could lift more weights. <laughs> You could, everyone's personality is specific to what they want to do. Yeah. Or even have a, have a lie down, have a sleep. But so the nervous system, uh, t- general, how it's holding your body is something that can change, you know, hour to hour, day to day. So that's an area where people can work on that, which is different than like, cause if, if, if my, you know, people come in, oh, my shoulders are tight. I have a stressful job or I have a stressful life and they could stretch forever on those traps or on the rhomboids or whatever. And it's, their nervous system is going to keep making those things tight because your brain is driving that activity to the muscle. 
So in that case, stretching is not really going to be effective. But if they can lower their tension by whatever means, other means, that it works for them. And then once things are moving better, that's when you're more effective doing the stretching. So but just that, different so, ways to think about it. No, no, that's, it's a good point. It's a good point. But, but in that case... The, the example you used about putting your arms over your head, which hits home with me because I went to the gym early on. Like this was years ago. I went to a new gym and they said, okay, put your arms over your head. And I did it. And and the person looked at me and it was Rachel Thomas. She looked at me. She's like, that's over your head. And I'm like, why? They're <laughs> I not. I can see you're just giving yeah. you crap. And I'm yeah. like, she's like, are you kidding me? And then, I, so then I tried to put them and I started leaning back further to right. get them straight. And she's like, like they were literally on a 45 degree angle. So it's still a challenge for me. Like I've been stretching now. I've been doing a lot of mobility for, for like, I guess a year and a half, really focusing on my thoracic spine and, and, and shoulder mobility and stuff like that. So in that case though, what you're saying is accurate, but then if your body still hasn't been through that movement and your muscles are shortened because they have, you haven't touched your toes in five years, that's going to help you relax, but it's not going to help you touch your toes or put your hands further above your head as well, will it? Because I'm, I'm questioning it because part of me thinks it will and part of me thinks it wouldn't. Which, okay, what, what's not going to help you? Like, like if you go once you have a, once you have a, a glass, yeah, the nervous yeah, system line, side yeah. of it, right? Because the muscles are so, actually shortened at that point too. Okay, so, you, so but let's keep something in mind here. Muscles are... Um, they contract and relax. So they're not like, they don't shorten and temporarily shorten unless they're like, they were really badly injured and their scar tissue. So the muscle, so, so if typically, you go, if you don't go into a full squat for yeah. like two years, cause I yeah. just sit at my office desk, I've never right, gone into point. full squat. Your muscles don't actually, they just, they don't t- like shorten a little bit to make it harder to be able to extend, to be able to get into that okay. full squat. So your, your non-contractile tissues yeah. ligaments tendons joint capsules they may shorten and calcify really muscles no muscles will what will happen with muscles is muscles have inside them uh this is like physiology so this is a little no there's inside of our muscles are things called um, mechanoreceptors or stretch receptors so they have a, a certain tone that they're feeding back to the spinal cord basically these are reflexes that help your body like maintain posture and stuff like that so when someone has a tight hamstring, it's not that their hamstring shortened and can never lengthen again. It's that your brain thinks that that's the proper tension to hold in that muscle. So if you do stretching a certain, like, have you heard of like PNF stretching or? No. When you kind of like, you know, you might contract the muscle and then stretch it and then contract it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just didn't know that you're, was you're what re- it's called. Yeah, you're resetting the, the stretch um, tolerance or um, you're, you're resetting the muscle spindles in that muscle and allowing it to lengthen because to perhaps as far as it can go. But it never like contracts permanently. So it was like the brain, the brain didn't understand that the muscle could yeah. or extend even, that far. Or even just a reflex from the muscle to the spinal cord. It doesn't even have to involve the brain in the, in like if, to be specific with so that your case. Nervous, it might, would I be correct saying the nervous system just couldn't get the muscle to use 100% of itself? Exactly. To, it to lengthen it 100%. Even though... Even though Technically, it should be able to. That muscle still sat there on your bone or whatever and existed. It just yep. didn't know how to fully use itself. Correct. Yeah, it's it. the brain or the nervous system lost the ability to use the full functional potential case, of that okay, muscle. Okay, so that's interesting. But then in Nick's case, when he couldn't put his hands over his head because he did a lot of bench press for so many years, yep. I'm imagining, and he was all tight through here. Right. Is that the same situation or is that the... So, for instance, he could have... Um, pec major, pec minor. So some of the muscles in the front, um, shoulder muscles that have from, from their stretch tolerance have been shortened. So the muscles don't want to allow the stretch, but he could also have, um, something in his shoulder joint capsule that's actually mechanically like, um, uh, lost some length, which is limiting his motion. So, so give me, give me some example. Cases, like what, like, like what, what do you mean? Something like, cause that, that's the next so, question. Like I was curious what, what you said about the ligaments. Yeah. So, so in you, the shoulder joint, let's say, so we have a bone coming together with another bone, right? Yeah. That's what makes yeah, up a joint. Yeah. There's a little socket. There's, in the shoulder is a socket. Goes, yeah. yeah. So, um, holding that, uh, the head of the humerus into the socket is a, something called a joint capsule. So that's like a, like a fibrous tissue that doesn't really stretch particularly and it's holding it there. So you know, so, you know, if somebody like dislocates their shoulder, that capsule gets like stretched and torn and it might then be loose after, but it's supposed to be pretty tight, but not so tight that there's not some movement available as much movement as we'd want to have available for a shoulder. So if that starts to tighten up and shorten and the ligaments around the shoulder start to tighten, now we have two problems. We have uh, muscles that have lost their stretch tolerance and we have actual ligaments that have shortened or maybe calcified that if you took them to their end range, that's as far as they'll go. So that, that means there's two things you need to work on. Just stretching alone, just forcing it up there 
is not going so to then how deal do you do, with how it. do you deal with the ligament so that would be where like chiropractor or physio could do some like they might do some release like soft tissue release on that thing. like active release therapy active but, but release. That's, that's in the muscles though that can be in muscles it can be in joint capsules it can be for ligaments oh, okay. chiropractor a chiropractor or um adjustments to joints over like repeated can cause uh, joint spaces to open up can cause changes to those tissues this comes brings up another topic so and right behind you is a picture of your family right so how, how can i ask you how long ago was that picture taken it was uh six, this summer. six months ago yeah okay so not that long ago but um even from six months ago, a lot. So those are you, your wife, your kids, right? We're, our body's made of cells, our ligaments, our muscles, everything's made of cells. If we leave that picture there and we go, you know, two, three years in the future, many of the cells in your body, in your kids' bodies have been turned over and replaced, right? Is that you guys familiar with that? Yeah, concept, like every right? seven years, yeah. everything's replaced. Yeah, like there's different estimates. Okay, I'm, adv- but, I'm advanced. It's probably you're, every you're few you're weeks. Faster? Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I think I'm every nine years. <laughs> But the, the point with being that is that those, so, so tissues like that, like the nervous system we can change in by doing a stretch or taking, drinking alcohol or meditating in a couple of minutes. <laughs> drinking alcohol. This I'm is saying great. that's like just the example. I'm going to uh, go home, drink three glasses of wine and then start doing my stretching. I'm not and see recommending how I feel. Dr. <laughs> Pete told me I got to drink more. <laughs> but uh, to change the, the actual um, structure of the tissues that, and the cells that made up, that's going to require more time. Um, t- time, but also repetition. So if we, if we put, if, if we stretch out, um, if we pull your shoulder open and that stretches the joint capsule and do that one time, your cells will feel, experience that force and they'll go, okay, hmm, something happened there. But if we keep doing that, let's say every day or every couple of days, as your cells are replacing themselves and as their ex- cells have, again, not a little off track, but they have a nucleus, they express proteins. When we change the forces that go through cells, it changes the way the cells express and create proteins inside the cell, outside the cell. So tissues can change over three months, six months, a year. Um, so that we would want, if you really want to change your, we could probably, if we looked at you, we could restore your shoulder flexion maybe to completely normal, but it required those two different ingredients, one short-term, one long-term. So, and then what about from that, the- That's, that's fascinating because you've been working on both of those, the short-term stretching and I feel like the long-term movement too. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just yeah. do what I'm told. No, no, but you, have, you have been working on, but you have been, work, but you have been working on your mobility. I, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's been more, I, I don't know. It hasn't been anything uh, like there's been no focus on anything interior because I haven't been seeing anyone to do any of that. But what I found for me is that by working on my mobility, some of the shoulder pain and stuff, because I used to get regular kind of impingement, an impingement in my shoulder. And what I found is that when I've, since I've been working on mobility, that I don't get that any longer, even doing things that used to kind of trigger it fairly regularly. So I used to see an athletic therapist once a week almost to deal with that. And because I've focused on the mobility and got a better range of motion, I no longer have to see the therapist for anything that's come up. I mean, sure, now I'm going to knock on wood, but I haven't seen them all year um, and I've been fine. Right. So that's, but, but, but I don't attribute that to any weightlifting thing. It's been more, it's it's probably been a combination of things. It's it's probably been working on inner strength, like stability in like rotator cuff stuff, like, like not just like the, the, the exterior deltoid or something like that versus, versus just, and the mobility, sorry, combined. And remember when you're working on the rotator cuff, there's going to be forces going through the ligaments. Yeah. So then maybe it is. So they're all working together. And you, and that's what I tried to do with patients now is that, um, like I'm adjusting them. The adjustment itself, when we you know move somebody's spine or really any joint in the body, there's a there's a short term neurological response which does all many many things we've talked about in previous episodes, and that can last you know hours to days. But if it's repeated, then there's change in the structure of the body. So um, for yourself, it's like and so what I'm trying to with patients, if we you know for you, we might give you certain shoulder range of motion exercises. You're doing those daily, and that's putting forces through tissues that helps to maybe lengthen them or maintain their uh, their appropriate um, structure and function. But the other point that you brought up is really important is that when you move, particularly your joints, your brain gets information about that joint. So if you, you know, if, if you never have your shoulder above here, not you, but a lot of people might, they just never put their arm up here. After a while, your brain doesn't, because there's nerve receptors in the joint, inside the joint capsule. And if we never go here, your brain almost doesn't know how to That's work crazy. it in this range. So it's so important to, 
And, and if you look at a lot of people's, even CrossFit and workout programs, that's going back to the linear point. Okay, I do squats, I do deadlifts, I do bench press or whatever, and that's it. But you're missing out on certain ranges of motion. It's your why I struggle with overhead overhead squats because I can't get you my can't shoulder. Put your yeah. arms straight yeah, right I, now. I can't even get. <laughs> well, my... you can't you can't get it there, and your brain doesn't know how to control but, it. In but that what range. I'm showing you here is yeah. ten times better than it was. We've like been eight working years on ago. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I gave you remember that exercise I gave you the shoulder one, right? Yeah. So we want to we want to be ideally um, moving most of moving all of your joints as much as you of, of their range of motion as you can every day or two. To keep your brain, and that's when when people age. You talk about aging. It's aging isn't a number. It isn't an age. It's we're losing function of the body. So a lot of people, as you know, you see we, their hmm, head. I goes never thought forward. of it that way. Think about it because that's it, the way you're thinking of aging: losing losing function function to of the a large body. extent. Because you can have two seventy year olds, and one of them can go to the gym, play golf, swim, and another mm-hmm. one is like hunched over and they can't move and they can barely drive their car. Right. So we really see that difference with as particular as we get into older ages, 60s, 70s, 80s. The differences in function can be quite dramatic. I say that to everyone that once they have a kid, I go, it doesn't matter if you have a kid at, at 20 years old or 40, you're young until you have a kid. And then all of a sudden your bedtime changes, you're putting them <laughs> to sleep at seven you pass out at seven, you wake up three times in the middle of the night. You can't function during the day because you're exhausted. I have, I have yeah. felt an improvement definitely in my spine because of the, the squatting feels so much better than when I first started. And right. I know it's been years you've been working with me, but also when I went golfing, I never golf. When I actually, you probably don't want to hear this, but when I swung the first time the driver, it's like my back adjusted. It went, boop, 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 boop. you know, you hear all the kind of like popping yeah. sounds like that. Yeah. It felt great. It just felt like it moved. It like just kind of opened up. And then uh, a couple of weeks ago, it's been happening a, a little bit uh, at the gym when I've been doing some back stuff. At night, if I just stretch, my my spine will adjust. Like I'll I'll feel it. Like yeah, adjust. I wouldn't call it an adjustment. I call it the release of tension. Release of so tension. So it's sufficiently okay. mobile to allow that. And Whereas I never before, had, yeah, before I, it was too stiff. It wouldn't move. Yeah, I never had that before. I would feel like it just got stiff, uh, like more stiff. And right. I would say, oh, I need an adjustment. I need uh, you know Dr. Pete to kind of yeah. make it move. And now it's like, oh my gosh, it just moved, and I feel the difference. So what's happened there? Because is that because we've been doing it for a while, and because you've been doing your exercises the actual structure of your body's changed sufficient that you have like a healthier body now than you had four years ago, which is really cool. You're four years older, mm-hmm. but your body moves better, more functional. It does, yeah, you have yeah. more of the, again, for a squat, you need, your hips need to be able to move a certain amount. Your SI joints, your low back, all these things need to have the prerequisite amounts of movement. If you didn't have that before, that's why you were getting injured. Now you've got it. And so you can do that exercise confidently. And that's what we want to Get people thinking about one other question on the back squat part. When I first started doing back squats, I got a lot of pain in my SI joint, what I thought was my SI joint. And one of the solutions that I accidentally come across, but this would be before I knew you is I would sit in a squat position for as long as I could. And at first it was like 20 seconds. I couldn't sit in a squat position, but by the end of the summer, because we went to the beach that summer in Croatia and I didn't bring a towel. I just squatted and everybody thought I was crazy, but I was squatting. And by the end of the summer, my SI joint was completely fine again just right. from sitting in a squatted position. What do you think was happening there? I know I'm not giving you a lot of information. Uh, I think when you sit in a squatted position, it just opens up the sacrum goes forward and it just opens up that joint a little bit. So it relieves some of the pressure on there. And if that happens often enough and long enough, the irritation, the compression that's irritating that joint and the nerves coming from that joint was relieved. And then consequently you, you would feel better and your muscles would relax in that area. So mm-hmm. yeah, I accidentally came across that by myself. And again, that's like you, you were again. So to that point, you were sufficiently able to do that. Someone who's completely seized up all kinds of adhesions and scar tissue, that stretch may not work for them because even going into a squat doesn't put enough force to open that joint up. So yeah, yeah, everybody's different, right, on where, where they come into it. And that's, you know, that... that um, and go out. Yeah, it's now I see how fascinating this is because someone can see you and come in and just say have lower back pain, not knowing that it's their whole freaking body that needs help here. Like, yeah, in most know, they cases, they have hamstring tightness. Yeah. They have nervous system that's not relaxed. They have, a, and that's right. why I think you talk about meditation a lot. On top of just doing chiropractic adjustments, you're talking about nervous system stuff, or whatever. You know, that could be whatever it is. Like, what's relaxing to you? I ask. Sometimes I ask patients that, and they don't. They really don't know. So it might be I don't know. Going fishing. Um, what are other things like playing, um, playing me- with your dog? A, a meal with family and friends. Meal to me with is family. The ultimate. Just chatting, yeah. having a glass there of wine. Go. Yeah. There over. That's because of the wines there. Yeah, it might well, be. There's a couple just, of ingredients. Just hanging yeah. out, and if it's with friends, and then we able to, we're able to chirp back and forth a little bit. That's even more fun for me. Mm-hmm. You know? What about the? T- uh, I want to go back to the ligaments. Um, 
or, or tendons, like whatever. How do you, so like your Achilles, right? A lot of people um, that that will tighten up. I mean, Tom, you tore yours, people that run, like it gets tight when they do that. I'm just using it as an example. How, what's a safe way to start getting for more mobility in, a, in like an Achilles tendon or, or something else? Do you just kind of slowly stretch it just over time? Like, is there something that you can function? Because I didn't realize that tendons are, so like the tendon will tighten up. So if you haven't done something, if you haven't lengthened that, let's say, let's use the Achilles, yeah. that tendon for a while, it will actually shorten? It, it could, and it becomes, the, the actual fibers become stiffer. So it's more rigid. So it doesn't have much give to it. So if a lot of forces go through it, isn't our that bo- the same body- thing? But it, hold on, that just, it's just so unclear. Because isn't that the same thing as muscles? No. So muscles are... The uh, muscle cells and muscle fibers, they contract and they relax. Yeah. Tendons do not contract and relax. They're just, there's like a rope and it's, and it's but when the muscle, so the muscle just stays more contracted when it's tight. Correct. It's, it's, it's in a more shortened state okay. as opposed to what it could be. And to that, to that point, but isn't the, aren't, isn't the tendon the same thing? Isn't that the same? Uh, same? Not, not, it, not so much because the tendon doesn't really like move on its own. It doesn't have a nerve supply that will make, cause it to shorten or lengthen. Okay, Cause it's just, but the fibers that make the fibers that make up the tendon can change their consistency to be like, say, let's say more rigid or less rigid. So if you look so at why, it, what would you, cause it to make it become more rigid? Is that age? Um, uh, lack of movement often okay. is, is what, so if, if, and that's again, in most of these cases, probably lack of movement. So you're not really putting your, you're not really fully, um, dorsi and plantar flexing, flexing at your ankle. So over time it kind of gets a little more rigid. It's not having forces go through it. Combine that with a tight, you know, gastroc and soleus, yeah. so calf muscles, which are then putting extra force, kind of pulling it tight. And so then, then how you go do you to fix, do something. How, uh, how do you fix it safely? You so just, is it just slowly, slowly increase the range of motion? Just exactly, like anything else? Okay. exactly. So you could do, um, you can do passive and active range of motion. So passive is, you know, um, for the ankle, if you wanted to stretch that area, you're, you're, you know, you're, I can't see it on the camera. No, I got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> going backwards, right? Yeah. Get up on so the you table. Could, you Get up on the that. table. You could like, like um, hold a stretch if versus If you went move. into even a squat, you have to be able to yeah. dorsiflex at the ankle. So if you go into a squat, that's putting some stretch onto those muscles. You could do it against the wall passively. Actively, you can, you put your, you pull your, your toe back and that will send, do, when you do it actively, that's what sends the nerve signal from the calf muscles to the spinal cord. And because your body, if your body's going to want to stretch a certain area, it doesn't want that muscle to be tight if it knows how it's working. So when you do, when you're like, like when you contract the, the bicep, there's a nerve message to cause the tricep to relax. So your body's not getting into a tug mm-hmm. of war. So active stretches, passive range of motion work. Again, if you have previous injury, you need you may need therapist, chiropractor, sure, whatever yeah. to do some work. Combination of things, but yes, slowly over time, and then you can improve your active and passive range of motion at the ankle, and then more be more functional for hockey or. Is that how you whatever. see most people end up when they get an injury? It's like they go from something that they might have done a few years ago, and maybe it's hockey or soccer. I mean, you tore yours at soccer, so you know they were playing soccer, no problem, and they get back into it, and they don't they forget that a number of years has passed and their body's in a different state. Absolutely. So th- then they just go, they, they go zero to hundred and they go right back to try to do th- something they thought they could do a number of years ago. Uh, that's a great point. And that's really true. Yeah. You, you stop doing an activity and generally you're not moving those tissues. And mine and was, I just back. started going back to the gym. My right. calf muscles or that day tight, yeah. was a tough workout that it, that made my calf muscles super tight. And yeah. so my, my tendons weren't loose because of, I wasn't playing soccer for years, decided to go back playing soccer, but I was doing CrossFit at the same time, just starting calf muscles were tight from the gym. And I think pop. to your point, the tendon had lost some of that elasticity or I don't know if that's yeah, the right that's word, a good word yeah. to, to, to make it move. And it just popped yep. I'll ne- and yep. I'll never forget that sound. Oh, like that was like, a, yeah. Yeah, you know, so, so loud. you said you looked behind you cause you thought someone, I thought someone had taken a baseball bat to my Achilles. Like oh that's how gosh. it felt wow. like someone had just smashed me. Yeah. And when he was about to, the goaltender was about 20 feet behind me. I thought maybe someone had taken a starter pistol from the side and shot Ooh, me. <laughs> Cause oh I'm like, gosh. what? Th- that was the feeling. It was like someone had yeah. like whacked me and you know who it was? It was raw. You don't know. Ra- yeah. No, Ra- I don't want to say his last name. I don't know if he wants me to say. He's like, you're I, fine. I he goes, about. you're fine, man. We need get you. Up. We don't have subs. Just keep playing. And I tried to get up and I was like limping to the sidelines. I could barely got up. I, I got into my bag. I called you and you carried me out to the car. Remember with somebody else? That was chaos. I mean, yeah. So that thing about that way is like, so tissues have a, a tolerance, right? Like anything in the physical world, a car, like metal has a tolerance to force, right? So when we're talking about like, 
um, things like running and, you know, that kind of stuff, there's got to be a certain amount, to your point, a certain amount of elasticity or give as forces go through. If tissues become too rigid and stiff and a lot of force goes through, they'll just basically rupture, is what, which is what would happen yeah. to you. You I'm, don't see that happening in kids because kids' tissues are very resilient and flexible. Babies, kids, usually people, until they get older, until or now maybe we see it with younger kids because they are playing so much sports. Um, Not now. Well, right, they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they no, were, gotcha. yeah. Yeah, so... Um, but then yeah, that's what we want to do is educate. So, you know, your son is how 18, 18. Yeah. So he, he might be, well, he may still play some more soccer, but he's going to play recreationally. So now what can he do to keep his body somewhat functional so that he can do soccer or weights or whatever it is that he wants to do? Spe- um, speaking of all this Achilles stuff, I have a sh- selfish question sometimes because this Achilles, ever since that happened to Tom and he looked into it, did some research on it. And, and then the part, DNA test came back. Part of it's yeah. genetic, yeah. right? Come, part of it can be looked at as genetic tearing your Achilles. And I'm his brother, so I'm like, oh, damn, to this guy, you know, do I have this? this Blame weak, our parents, weak, not weak me. Gene in me Don't, too. It's our parents. So, <laughs> You're looking at me like you're blaming your older brother. I have the same parents as you. So, um, Sometimes what happens, it, it's odd, but it happened to me just last week, which, which freaked me out as I was jumping down off a bar, not jumping down, I was coming down off the bar, but I guess it was just the way I landed. And I get this like a, like a shudder through one of my Achilles, like just the way I land. And it just for a few like an years, electrical feeling, it almost, it almost like feels vibrating. like it's almost feels like the, the, it's like someone takes my Achilles and vibrates it from side to side. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like a little, like a, like if you take the elastic band and you know, you pull the elastic yeah. band out and then it goes back and forth a few times yeah. and then it goes away. I get that. And I'm just like, it freaks me the hell out. Cause I don't know what it is. Have you ever even heard of that? I, I've, no, I, I've never asked. Uh, face. No, I know. No, I know. I know. Is, it, is this like, a new thing or is it relatively no, it new? It probably or started a couple of years ago. I get it probably only a, a handful of times a year. And then I stop and I'm like, ooh, that didn't feel good. Like I should probably stop what I'm doing. Yeah, and so then you do, I keep doing what I'm doing. You talk about like is using CrossFit when it happens or? It, it, it um, Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, Are not you necessarily, jumping it's not necessarily CrossFit. It's like. It's it it's it's almost always is not jumping off a box or anything. It's almost always when I come down off a pull up bar. So it's got to be something so to do with the way with the way I'm landing yeah. off yep. a pull up bar. But I'm not I'm not coming down from eight feet high. I'm coming. I'm dropping off from like six inches. Like it's not yeah, yeah. you know what I mean or eight inches. Whatever. I'm not. Yeah, I but mean, it's still 190 pounds. I don't know how much you weigh. Yeah, yeah. It's just pounds. the way I'm landing. I just didn't know if you had ever even heard of that before or not. This, again, this is purely a selfish question. I've heard of many things yeah. for many different people but, not but a, not uh, no, a, i mean yeah, i've heard of, i've heard of similar things but it's hard to answer without knowing like without like assessing how's yeah, your how's your ankle and achilles come on give us the educated guess what's how close is he to rupture i don't thing. even want to i hope he never <laughs> yeah, i hope I know, he doesn't have to i know do i, totally I know that's, that's why it freaks me because you're in a boot for how long like i how, was in a i was in a cast for six weeks a boot for six weeks and i couldn't run again for eight months yeah i lost my walking gait yeah, through physio, I had to relearn how to oh walk. And because yeah. you're oh, in the boot, you're yeah, in the boot for so totally long. Changes, yeah. yeah, and yeah. a combo of depression and anger oh. for eight weeks too. <laughs> yeah, well, I believe it. Yeah, yeah. They, they at physio, my first jump was half an inch onto a piece of plywood. They got <sighs> wow. me on the floor and they put a piece of plywood half inch thick and said jump, and I was petrified, petrified. Oh, yeah. By the end, I was jumping higher than I ever jumped. Yeah. Right? Well, and that's the thing is you can have an injury and then if you rehab it properly, you can, you can be better than you they were before. Re, they re, right? Yeah. Yeah. This was Dr. Pete Kissel in Burlington and he rehabbed the heck out of me. He did a great, Beautiful. perfect job on that. And uh, now my Achilles on that, that Achilles is thicker. So I don't know if the tendon has just, if that scar tissue or whatever is built around maybe. it. Yeah. But uh, when you see my Achilles now, one is thicker than the other one. Yeah. I consider it now a superpower, but uh, that's the way I'm looking at it. You go back to... The Croatian national soccer team? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It's interesting. My body adjusts. I never go on my tiptoes in my kitchen off that foot anymore. My just, body always uses the other leg. Yeah. That's but funny, that, eh? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I catch that in the middle of doing it. I'm like, that's so weird. I never mm. go on my tiptoes on... Uh, on the one that yeah. you ruptured. Yes. Mm. Yeah. On the one I ruptured. Yeah, the body is yeah. an astonishing thing. That's it why is. like all this stuff like... And you help people get better and stuff like that. But just the fact that someone can have... And, and I mean, we're talking about pretty minor things here whereas there's like major injuries people have from car accidents and stuff like that and that's that's a far a whole other but the fact that someone can go through such trauma or their body can't and then it can recover and right. you know with help and with focus and effort on their part too it's it, amazing. it's, a, it's amazing i mean that's and we keep on learning how to do that better so i mean in uh those again older older you know years ago the thought of um injury is like you break a bone or even if you had like a joint surgery or something 
they would like put it in a cast or keep it immobile. And there was a guy, I can't remember his name. There was a, some uh, researcher and surgeon. I think he was at um, U of T in the 70s. And he put people um, after surgeries in a, in a uh, continuous motion device. So something that would keep their joint moving after surgery. And they found it was, or they would do it with animals, poor animals. But they found that like the, the rehab and the tissues um, would be much, much healthier when they were moved really quickly after like a surgery or immobilized instead of keeping them immobilized. So we know that... Um, you know, your body works better when it's movable and sort of like a lot of the theories about how, how to get things best heal are, is kind of changing over time. Another, another one that, that is, uh, that you kind of alluded to is, you know, the growing up our kind of era, it's like, it was the, the no pain, no gain era, whether you're in sports or rehab or working out, right? Oh, you're sore from yesterday's workout. Tough it out. I mean, even That's today, good. That's good. it's good. Yeah. Had a good workout. And, and, uh, so again, now we're more thinking like if someone has pain when they're doing a movement, um, we don't want, we teach the patients now do not push into or through pain because it's sensitizing the, the, our nervous system gets, uh, can be sensitized or facilitated. That means that it, it's easier for it to happen. So when you see people with chronic pain, um, that you can do things to improve their tissues. They still have, they still tend to have chronic pain. A lot of times if they've been in things like car accidents and then, a, you know, the insurance company or doctor will say, well, it's been X amount of months. So, you know, you're healed and you're better. The person still is experiencing pain, even though their tissues may be healed. It's because those nerves have been basically sensitized and they're always firing in the nervous system in the brain and the person is experiencing pain. So we know now we don't want to push into pain because that will that can actually make it more likely to be there and also make your brain control your body in a less efficient way. So that's something I think that's changed over the last 10 years in terms of philosophy, how to deal with people. It's get help you get you functioning better but do it in a way where we're not pushing through uh, Yeah, pain. that's interesting. I've just noticed in my self-observation that when I go to the gym, if I don't max out on any of the kind of lifts that I do, I feel like every once in a while, every couple years, if I go to the higher end, I'm stronger. Right. Whereas I don't have to do a one rep max lift to get stronger. It feels like you guys would probably know the science better than me, but it feels like if you go to 80% of what you can do in a comfortable position and you're not really pushing yourself to some max pain point, you're still getting stronger, like your body's yeah. still adapting, but I'm not getting to that kind of pain threshold. Whereas before I thought, and this was maybe just me with incorrect thinking from the beginning, I thought you had to go to the the highest you could lift and yeah. hit that like regularly to push yeah. the boundary. And it feels to me like if you go to 80% of what's possible and then you test what your max lift is, your body has adapted. Because if you increase that 80% a little bit higher and higher, your max automatically adapts. I don't know if you follow. But no, just... I do. And I think, you know, it's about, I think what we, if I try to get this concept across uh, in a clear way is that you want like a tra like training, like let's say weightlifting, it's a stress that the body has to recover to. So how much stress can you put on the body that it can still recover with? If you go over, then you're not recovering. And if you're doing too many one rep maxes or overtraining with too many reps or sets or too much frequency you you know and you might a person might not even be aware that they're doing that because you know they've got a trainer totally. or someone that's getting them to do that so it's like what's the minimum almost like what's the minimum you can do to get your body to adapt positively as opposed to like pushing and and injuring or not injuring but over stressing or overtraining, and then your body's got a big hole to dig out of to recover from well because there's the nervous system component too absolutely right? because like you can lift heavy one week and you can whatever be you can lift whatever 300 pounds right and it's not it's not a big deal and then you could have your body can be in the same position you may let's say you haven't lifted heavy in another month or or you've kind of dropped down that max lift you're not necessarily weaker in that month but then if you go to kind of put 300 pounds on the bar just when you lift it up you're gonna be like holy crap this feels very heavy and it's because the nervous system has kind of just adapted because it's not used to feeling that weight on it there's that component or even if you're putting something we learned too, is there's stress on the body, stress on the body. So like, even if you had a tough day yesterday, but it had nothing to do with working out, but you're just stressed from other components, oh, 100%. that impacts the stress level, that impacts your performance physically Absolutely. as well, right? So you just, you, you could lift 250 pounds yesterday, try to do it today, but you, you know, you had a stressful day yesterday, you tried it today, it's a drastically different experience. And I think those are a lot of the times when you're more likely to get injured too. In my when experience, you're feeling yeah. off and you try to do it anyway because, you know, yeah. uh, the workout's this or the coach says I want to ask you about your book and these reports here. But before yep. we do, just about the brain, what, what, because, you know, I've had now two concussions. 
Mm-hmm. I don't want to get a third. And I definitely <laughs> want to make sure my nervous system function, you know, functions at the brain level in my head is optimized. If I said that to you from your context and your framework, what do you think I should be doing to make sure my nervous system in my brain is functioning at its maximum capacity? There's probably a number of things. Um, definitely, um, I, I, I'm, I'm using the term meditation and I don't have the research right at the top of my head right now, but I believe there are a number of good studies showing that meditation has a lot of positive impacts on brain function. And that would be something that you would want to do. I mean, basically the re- every day, of the rest of your life, if, which, you know, if you, if you can, or most days to allow your, your brain function to be as good as possible that way. Um, I think with your, you know, I think it's safe to say you've recovered from your mm-hmm. oh, yeah, actual yeah. brain injury concussions. But the thing that you did as well was whenever, almost always when there's a, a concussion, there's a component of injury to the neck, the soft tissues of the neck. And you're dealing with that with your chiropractic care and your exercises. And a lot of people never really think about that. And even a lot of athletes will go and they'll have concussion-like symptoms for a long time until they kind of figure out and get to someone who looks at their neck and addresses where the symptoms might be coming from in their neck. So you found me, I can isolate that. And I'm sure you've heard this. Upper cervical. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. And the muscles that are right at the base of that skull. It's almost like if you put a thumb in there and loosen those up, you can feel the tension kind of release. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the muscle. That muscle you think is tightened. That's from a whiplash motion that that muscle tightens, do you think? Well, it can be that or it can just be day-to-day stress, right? Okay, like yeah, having yeah. a stressful day, sitting, um, the sleeping posture. If you get your neck into a weird position at night and those, there, you get some irritation of the upper neck uh, joints, then that will cause those suboccipital muscles to tighten up. How do those muscles work? Do they come around up? Because now when I squeeze them, because looking oh. at you, do they come up like to the top of your head too and up to here? No, yeah, because I feel they're connected parts. to right somehow. Yeah. Whenever I loosen them here, the biggest concussion relief I would get, or the biggest, sorry, tension release would be the back of the, the bottom of the base of the skull, sorry, base of the skull, and then right above my eye here. Yeah, so the muscles back there, the ones we're talking about, the suboccipitals, they're only about that long. They don't go like up okay. and around into the head. There's muscles on the there's side. There's not one big muscle. There's like not a, one big like a horn that that's it coming It feels from like them. that. It might feel <laughs> totally like that. Feels like that. But there's ones on the side, the temporalis muscles. There's also in the upper, um, right at sort of the base of the skull on each side, there's nerves that run into the side of the, like the scalp region. And so a lot of times when people say they have a headache or they have pain or tightness in, in, in this area, it's because those nerves are getting irritated or the joints in the upper neck. Because I feel so like you, when that was loosened, the, I was foggy. And yep. when this was loosened here, well, it's like the nerves that were coming through my skull or my brain or whatever somehow were functioning better. Yep. So, I know I'm generalizing too no, much. Yeah, I, I'm trying to explain it. A lot of it's covered in the book. You will, you will talk, talk about. about the book. Yeah, but yeah. Um, when you put a, a, mecha- like a force into soft tissues of the body, there's a local response. So that muscle might reflexively relax a bit. But the nerve receptors in that muscle may, or or the joint may relay info to the central nervous system in the brain, which may, sh- to simplify, may shift the brain from sympathetic fight or flight tension mode into parasympathetic mode. And that's what the research is saying, that when a person feels relaxed after a chiropractic adjustment or a massage, mm-hmm. or a, it's because that it's not, it's not that the pressing on the muscle made it relaxed. There's a input to the CNS, the brain, which re, which then causes the brain to shift its activity and go into a more relaxed state, which then reflects on how it's going to control the body. So putting in, or you might feel the same thing when I adjust you up there, right? I you do. feel that lessening yes. of tension. Yeah. It's, a, it's probably more of a brain change in brain function than a change in like did something to your scalp. It, it's weird because the adjustment that you do right in the middle of my back, it's almost like the back of one of my yeah, ribs. Thoracic whenever spine, whenever yeah. you adjust there, I also get the similar sensation, like almost like a euphoric sensation. Sometimes right. I know that sounds crazy. No, it's that's but, uh, but uh, like, a lot of people do. Like I'm like, wow, that yeah. just felt amazing. And that is because you get from those uh, joints. There's a direct uh, nerve wiring to the to the brain, and so you can get an immediate change in brain function when you when you get a force. And mine shut off for sure. Mine, mine's so tight. It's, it's it, it took a while. To, it, it took yeah, it wouldn't. Ha- it didn't happen for you it right didn't away. Happen right away. Yeah. It's only been in the last while that I get that more. But yeah. so what is that? Is that just a momentary like, oh, that was nice. And then it goes away. So or- again, it's, it's very similar to the meditation or kind of like the alcohol. Like it may shift. If we, if we do that adjustment and then you're like, oh, and then you just sit on the couch and chill for a couple hours, that may last hours. If you, we do it and you go right back on your screen and read some stressful emails, your nervous system is going to flip back into yeah, fight or it. flight mode quicker, depending on what's coming at you. So it could, so ideally, you know, that's what 
this is also in the book, like in the old school chiropractors, they would have, they would adjust their patients and then they would have beds in their offices where people would lie down for two, three hours no to way. get them to in the like thirties and forties. Absolutely. We don't do that now. Nobody has time for that. How stressed were they in the thirties and forties? Ah, we had the great, Less. De- great depression. World War no, II. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there okay. was stuff yeah, yeah, going yeah, yeah. on, stuff but, going on. Okay. but I mean now today, so sometimes I'll tell patients, especially if they come in the afternoon, just, I want you to just go home and put your feet up and chill out. Right. And, and just get the most out of most benefit rather than going rushing out shopping or going and doing something that like, you know, get the most out of it, get a good sleep. A lot of people very common will notice too, like they get adjusted, they're okay. They get a good sleep. The next day they feel a lot better. So the nervous system really gets relaxed a bit. You have a better sleep Then the next day you're, you're better. So, or you're functioning better. So those two, so, and that's, again, there's always going to be an ongoing thing, right? Because we could get you in beautiful shape. You're feeling relaxed and then tomorrow something stressful happens and your body's going to flip into sympathetic mode and you're going to have to work it out of that again. That's what life is. Yeah. I've always appreciated when you followed up the next day. I don't know how you remember to do that, but uh, that's really cool. Tell us yeah. about that. So the, the book, is it on your website now? So yes, this is on uh, my homepage of the website. This Now I want to thank what's, what's you. What's the URL? Uh, clearviewchiropractic.ca. So I got to thank Tom for this because you inspired me to write a book. I had never really thought of <laughs> writing a book and a report. Well, you did it. You did it. Maybe I actually I did it. Yeah. That you, do it. you did it. Yeah. But, um, the book is just like, so this is really good for someone who, um, maybe they might not know much about their spine, their joints, their body. They might be interested in taking care of it now, get, making sure it stays healthy in the future. And that's what we cover in the book is sort of, um, the basics of, you know, how your body works. Um, why you need to keep joints and soft tissues healthy, nerve system healthy, how chiropractic might play a role in that. It's available on the website. So if they go on the website, they can opt in and get a, uh, like a PDF version email to them. If somebody is watching or listening and they want the paper copy, they can just email me, um, uh, Dr. Dr. Peter Andrelli at gmail.com. If you put it in the, the notes, okay. Um, if they have any, so say the email one more time. Dr. Peter Angelelli at gmail.com. Or if they even message me on Facebook or Instagram, okay. they okay. can, uh, if they say, Hey, you know, if they're local, I'll just pop a copy in the mail for them and they can get the actual physical. We'll copy. link out to your Facebook page then as well. Yeah. So terrific, we'll put the link terrific. to clearviewchiropractic.ca. Yeah. That was it, right? Clearviewchiropractic.ca. And we'll yeah. link to your Facebook page. Cause I know you're still, are you still fairly active on um, Facebook? Not as much, Le- but, um, I, they can still get a hold of me there. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. And the report person jumping off social media. I like it. When's the, I got it. Speaking of stress, it's a lot less stressful not being like, I gotta be honest. It's, Oh yeah, 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 I abandoned yeah. that stuff years ago. It was yeah. the best okay, thing I ever smart, did. Yeah, smart, it was the yeah. best yeah. thing. Yeah. No, not cool. smart. It was just out of the same thing. I just found that like, speaking of stress, I would, I'd be tense from it. I'm like, why am yeah. I doing this to myself? I don't know why. It's just, I'm not saying it's bad, good or bad, it's good or bad. Other people might, you know, it, it's been great for other people. For me, it's just, it's well, a, it's a no go. you don't know halfway around the world that doesn't know anything on the subject oh, that you know a lot God. about can yeah. say something that dis, you disagree with. It'll just set you off for like the whole day. Yeah, like, it can piss you off for five hours. Yeah. 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 Um, and you're trying to do good. What about the report? Cause you've summarized a lot of this into a nice report. As yeah. Well. The report is more dealing with like low back problems. So, um, it's six pages and it basically, Basically goes through, you know, um, again, structure, function of the spine, low back problems, some stretches they can do, you know, why we get low back problems. That's kind of useful too. You've done um, a nice job with that. That's Clearview Chiropractic for the report as well. Yeah, that's actually, um, there, that's a PDF. It's on a, it's not on a, actually it is on a public link. Yes, I've changed that. You're like so us. This is you on don't a public know where your link. stuff yeah, is. I love stuff? it. Yeah. yeah. Where's my this stuff? This one is on I don't a know. private. Go to my website. This is on a private link. This is on a public link. If they go low back report on the main, the menu, they can get this in a PDF format and they can so read it. So is the low back it. report available off clearviewchiropractic.ca? Yes, I we don't think know the it exact. Is. Okay. If not, just harass uh, them on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, we, can we, we, find yeah, on Facebook. you're harassing me. No, please don't. We'll put a link out to it. We'll figure out where it is and we'll we link We can put the link. Well. Yeah, we'll put the link. Yeah, but uh, and then at the at the end of this report is a, uh, you can come in and get a no charge consult if you are inspired to do so. So yeah. that's uh, on the back. Yeah, very cool. Where did you learn that kind of stuff? That is fascinating that you made an offer on the back of that report. offer, yeah. Yeah, very smart. I'm going to go for that low, that no cost consult. No cost consult. That's it. Yeah. And I know you've been helping out, uh, Nick, you know this, that, um, you've been helping out our niece a lot recently. Oh, I forgot. And, actually. And, uh, they've been coming all the way down from Maple, Ontario to Burlington to see you. And they're raving about you because she really was locked yeah. up in the, and she's young and locked up in the upper back and you've been helping her out greatly, which we're all happy 
That's four. awesome. And yeah. she's strong and has mobility because she's done years of dance. Like she's very, she was Acro very flexible. Dance. Yeah, she like, just kind of like, locked herself up. And then I think it kind of built some momentum where it got a little worse and worse. Yeah. And she's already a lot better. We saw her at our house, I think a couple of weeks ago and Carol and I were commenting on how much you know, how much better her posture is and how much she's standing better. So I think, you know, sometimes people are just missing that little bit of information. Like they're, they get stuck and they're not sure. Maybe they might see a doctor or a physio and they're, they get into a dead end situation and they might just be missing like a different angle or different approach that gets them past that. And it's pretty cool that like as a profession that we, I do have people that drive from, you know, half hour, an hour to come see me. Not because I always say I'm not, we're not anything special, but if they, if they like you, they feel you care for them and they develop kind of a, a bond and a rapport with you, they'll drive, um, you know, they'll go out of their way to see you and it's kind of cool. It makes I it would a day, say you are special day. though because you have a passion for this. I do. You that love I do, talking yeah, about yeah. this stuff. Because people, I just think like to know that you're going to be, you know, like if we had a twin Tom that never got chiropractic care, never did these things and we followed them, like that guy is going to get sicker sooner. He's going to be able to do less at an earlier age. He's probably going to live not as long. So to know that we're, it's, so, it's very similar now. to your work. We're going to see because yeah. I don't do any of it. And I'm the meathead that's like, I'm going to wait till the very end. So this is going to be the okay, test. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I still have to do more. I have to do more. I have other mobility things and yeah, that stuff yeah. I got to work on. Dr. Pete, thank you so much. www.clearviewchiropractic.ca. We'll link to it in the show notes. If you're listening to this while you're driving, you can go to rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash podcast and find this episode and we'll have all the links there including the link to the book and to the Facebook page and the report might be there or it might not be there but we <laughs> will find there. the report we're going to find it's the report yeah. and link off to yeah. it as well thanks Dr. for having me guys yeah, thanks for Good doing this thanks. hey everyone so hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Dr. Pete he is available to check out at clearviewchiropractic.ca that's www.clearviewchiropractic.ca and uh, we will also, in the show notes for this particular episode, we'll link out to his Facebook page as well. So if you go to rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash podcast and you find this episode, his Facebook um, link will be there too. And the reason I'm sharing that is he often answers questions that people pose to him through that media. That's it for this episode. Until next time, your life, your terms. <laughs> <laughs>